He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tario. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. I see, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. In addition to having Canes Rangers tonight and it being day two of the PGA Championship. Both the topics we'll get to shortly and throughout today's show. The NBA scouting combine's coming to a close in Chicago, which means we should be pretty close to getting decisions by Trevor Keels and Jake LaRavia. Now, Wake fans, Duke fans, listen to what I'm saying right now. I would not get my hopes up that you're going to get either of these guys back at school because based on what I'm hearing this week, I think both guys are going to keep their names in the draft, and I think both schools are preparing for that reality. Let's start with Keels. He's had a really good week. And this doesn't surprise me at all. When I heard fringe first rounder, early second round pick, all I could think was, did they not watch the Kentucky game to open up last year? Did they not see what this guy's body is? Similar to the NFL scouting combine. You're wearing shorts and they're poking and prodding at you. It's more about what your physique is than how great of a basketball player you are. Sure, you're going to be running drills and playing at scrimmages and stuff, but even if you're great in the scrimmages, you can always default on the tape saying, well, how was this guy when the lights were brightest? Trevor Keels, he fell off towards the end of the year, but you can't fake 6-5, or to be precise, Will Dalton, 6-4 and three quarters, as was measured yesterday. You can't fake that and 235 pounds as a point guard. That's where he weighed in. And don't forget, this guy is still 18. He doesn't turn 19 till August. So teams are seeing an NBA-ready body, bigger than a lot of the point guards you'll see in the NBA, and he's not even 19 years old. So of course he was going to interview well. Of course he was going to impress this week. He says he's been all in on the draft process. This sound courtesy of the NNO and Steve Wiseman. Right now, I'm just you know, focused on the, the, this, this process. Um, Coach Shai knows that. You know, he's giving me my space. Um, you know, me and him still talk all the time, but it's not nothing about, you know, he wants to be back at Duke. He's supporting me all the way on this. Um, you know, it's always been my dream. Um, you know, I can attack it. He believed in me, so, you know, I'm all in right now. Um, when the decision, you know, when it's time to make a decision, I will make a decision. But right now, I'm just, you know, focusing on trying to compete at that high level. Steve Wiseman's colleague, Luke DeCock, the award-winning columnist from the NNO, going to join us in 10 minutes to talk Canes. But Keels, he also attended the draft lottery with his teammates. And there are a lot of them from Duke. You're talking about five people putting on suits, going out to the lottery, getting a taste of what the NBA life's going to be like. And you want me to believe a guy who might be taken in the first round, I'd be willing to bet's going to be a first-round pick is going to decide to go back to college? I don't know. I think Keels loves Duke. In fact, I know that. But it's hard when you're slotted to be a first-round pick to say, college it is. And he had a personal workout last night. His first during this draft process, Paolo Boncaro attended it, and he tweeted out that scouts were clapping afterwards. Not something you see very often after some of these workouts. Keel's impressed. 
and Duke's already identified Trevor's replacement through the portal, Northern Iowa's A.J. Green. Going back to Wiseman's reporting on location in Chicago, he says that Green is down to Iowa State and Duke. And the understanding that I have is he's waiting to see what Keels does. If Keels decides he's going to come back to school, Green's probably going to choose Iowa State. You want to make sure you're starting wherever you go, after all. If Trevor Keels decides to keep his name in the draft, then I think it's going to be Green going to Duke, and he's going to be your starting two guard. And you can't do much worse than this. (laughs) You can't do much better, I mean. He's a four-year player, averaged 18 a game over the four years. He averaged over four years 38% from three-point range. So we might be one of the best three-point shooters Duke's had in the last little while. So that's pretty good. Trevor Keels, like Jake LaRavia, has till 11.59 p.m. on June the 1st to pull his name out of the draft and decide to go back to school if he should choose to do that. I don't think that's going to happen with Keels. I don't think it's going to happen with LaRavia either. LaRavia was one of the standouts this week in drills. And the skills competition that they had, apparently he impressed there so much so that his agent and and Jake decided they weren't going to participate in scrimmages yesterday. The way that that's been described to me, it's a sign that he feels pretty good about where his standing is. And he's only worried that it could hurt his stock if he plays in the scrimmages. So he likes where he's at right now. Likely been told by one or two teams, we have you graded as a first-round pick. If you get to us late in the first round, we're going to take you. And that's the information LaRavia is going to take back into a meeting with Steve Forbes where ultimately he'll make his decision. But if Dallas Walton is keeping his name in the draft, knowing he's not going to be selected, probably going to pursue a career in Europe or somewhere else professionally, and Zay Musius did the same thing, I would be surprised if LaRavia returns. Plus, Wake Forest found some guys through the portal that are quite striking to one Jake LaRavia, like Andrew Carr, who is six foot nine, two hundred and fifteen or so pounds from Delaware. That's almost a spitting image of the player that Jake LaRavia was coming in from Indiana State. So it appears Wake's preparing for life without LaRavia, and Duke is preparing for life without Trevor Keels. On Twitter at WSJS Sports, if you want in, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. As I mentioned, we'll get to Canes in about 10 minutes. We've got two pairs of Brett Eldridge tickets to give away on today's show. We'll tell you how to win those tickets a little bit later on. Getting to golf. With a 3-under 67 today. Justin Thomas has the low score on the second round in Tulsa and the low score on the leaderboard. He's at six under par. Only one ahead of Will Zalatoris, who already has a birdie early on in his round. He has a one-shot lead as well over Rory McIlroy, who just teed off and he parred the first hole. Rory's in the same group as Tiger Woods, who after hearing his post-round interview yesterday, it's painfully clear. He should not be out there right now. I don't think he's going to be out there much longer. I think the cut line is at four over. I don't think Tiger's going to be shooting in red digits today. He says, this is what he said in his post-round interview, 
He can't load or twist without pain. Two pretty important things when it comes to a golf swing, to those who know quite a bit about golf. And it's not just because of the injury sustained in the accident. You've got to remember, Tiger had a ton of surgeries over a 10-year span leading up to the accident. So yes, it was a devastating accident that almost made him, forced him to lose his leg. It almost... It might have been life-threatening what we were talking about. We're glad that Tiger's okay enough to lead a normal life and be a dad to his kids. And in addition to that, play in golf tournaments or play golf altogether, even if it's not in a tournament such as a major championship. But what we're seeing right now is a byproduct of this accident compounded with all these injuries slash surgeries he sustained over his first 45 years of his life. Here's what Tiger said with Marty Smith after his opening round 74. It has felt better before. Um, it's a little sore right now, and uh, we'll go back and uh, start the process of getting ready for tomorrow. What does the rest of the day entail with that process? Uh, lots of treatment, um, lots of ice baths, and uh, try and get the inflammation out and uh, try and get it ready for tomorrow. Marty Smith, Ryan McGee, host of Marty and McGee that you can listen to Saturday mornings here on WSJS Sports. A really fun listen if you haven't tuned into those guys. <laughs> They're a bit out of control. Sarah Bradford and I were listening to that riding around last Saturday. Good stuff. Tiger is having to duct tape himself back together every day just to compete in this tournament. And this is only after one round. Tiger was good first two rounds at Augusta. Under par in round one, plus one after two days combined. But then he shot 12 over the last two days. So I'm conflicted here. As a golf fan, I love watching Tiger Woods play. I'm a fan of Tiger Woods. But as a human being, seeing this guy labor out there, and clearly not a guy who could compete for a championship right now, there's another side of me that doesn't want to see him out there. And I feel bad that he's out there because it reminds me of just how far the great has fallen. This all-time great, maybe the greatest ever, has fallen. And my biggest concern is that this is just the new normal. And if it is the new normal, and this is the pain that Tiger's just going to have to deal with, that he's been told, might as well just play now because it's not going to be any different a year from now. This guy can't compete for titles. How long is he going to continue playing like this? It's conflicting. Do you want this Tiger out there or no Tiger at all? I don't know the answer to that, but it's so obvious he's in a lot of pain right now that it's hard not to feel badly for him. Tigers threw two today and even par through those first two holes. Ahead of game two in Raleigh tonight, we'll ask the NNO's award-winning columnist, Luke DeCock, if he's already seen reason to believe that this is going to be a quicker series for the Canes than the Boston series was. That's next on The Drive. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. Proceed slowly and with caution on WSJS Sports. If you want to go see Brett Eldridge at White Oak Amphitheater a little later on this year, we'll tell you how to win tickets in just a little bit. Mitch Kupchak spoke for over a half hour yesterday after the combine, combine wrapping up today, and 
after the draft lottery a few nights ago. We'll get to some of those comments in just a little bit. But let's talk Canes, where now we're being joined by Luke DeCock, award-winning columnist from the Raleigh News and Observer. Read his stuff, newsobserver.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Luke DeCock. Okay, as we get set for Game 2 tonight, Luke, how do you see this series with the Rangers going differently than the Boston series? Or did you see enough problems with the way the Canes performed on the road last series to think, well, this is TBA. We need to see what it looks like at MSG. No, I mean, I think the way the Hurricanes played in the third period Wednesday night uh, is is the way that, that, you know, maybe not to that degree, but that's the, the general way that they should have been playing all along. They can do it against the Rangers, who who are missing some of the pieces that the Bruins had that could slow the Hurricanes down. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that there's a whole lot of connections that you can draw between the events of the Boston series and the events of this series. I mean, I think the connections you can draw are that the challenge is similar in the sense that the Rangers are a, a pretty top-heavy team. They've got a Norris Trophy caliber defenseman who plays a lot of minutes on the blue line, uh, and the Rangers. Uh, the power play is really good. You want to stay out, stay out of the box. Uh, and the Rangers have better goaltending. So the, the challenge is similar, but I don't think that means necessarily that the series will proceed similarly. I mean, there was one scrum after the whistle in game one. It was a very quiet, calm. Uh, there was none of the sort of emotion that we saw in the Boston series. Uh, the game was played for, for almost 58 minutes at, at five on five. There just there wasn't a lot uh, a lot of shenanigans going on there that that there was from the start in the Boston series. So uh, two similar series in the sense of of what the matchups are like, but so far two very different series in terms of of temperature. What you said there reminds me of what uh, something Rod said after Game Seven on Saturday, where obviously a guy who's been through a lot of playoff battles. Round one's always the most emotional. What he said, and it might sound strange to a lot of people, but considering how long these postseasons go, if you make deep runs two months in, it's just impossible to sustain that type of emotion over a long span of time. But I want to talk about the Canes goaltending situation real quickly. After his performance in Game 7 and on Wednesday night, is this Ante Ranta's net regardless of what the timeline for Freddie Anderson is? Well, given the fact that it's almost physically impossible for Freddie to get back in this series, and you wouldn't throw him in at the start of the next series if the Hurricanes advance. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just there's no other way around it. Uh, you're not going to go to Kachekov, um, who was who was fine, but not not terrific in, in his one start in game three when Ronta was was not deemed a fit to start. And Freddie still hasn't practiced with the team. And Rod Brindamore won't even address his status until that until that happens. And, you know, based on, on the, the little ice time he's had the last couple of days uh, solo, it certainly doesn't seem like he's that close. So, yeah, I mean, Antti Ranta's waited a long time for this opportunity. It took an injury to an, uh, a teammate and another player uh, for him to get it, but it's his team right now. And things can change. You know, if the Hurricanes continue to move on, the playoffs are a, a long slog and a long grind, and, and Lord knows the Hurricanes have used multiple goalies in the playoffs before, but right now it's it's Ranta's team. And, 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 and this may be a bit of a contrarian argument, but – I think you can make the argument it's the best thing that can happen, that Freddie's the guy who's steadier and, and more reliable and more durable, who gets you through the regular season. And Auntie Ranta is the guy with the higher upside who can steal you games in the playoffs. And I don't know that he stole game one against the Rangers because it was, it was, it was you know, there, it was a 2-1 game. Um, but he was great. He was terrific. And the Hurricanes stole that game from the Rangers, who 
have to look at it as we did everything we needed to do for 40 minutes and our goaltender played great and we still lost. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's Toronto's team by default. There's, there's not even an argument there at this point. If at some point Freddie Anderson does come back and Auntie Ranta stumbles or waivers, then that becomes a discussion. But until Freddie is actually going through a, a single full practice with his teammates, there's really no point in even discussing it. Luke DeCock with us from the Raleigh News and Observer. Your colleague Steve Wiseman's done fantastic work this week from the scouting combine, talking about some of the decisions Trevor Keels uh, has to make. He's apparently had a really nice week. Go follow Paulo Bancaro's Twitter account where he's talking about one of the workouts that Keels had that apparently scouts were applauding at afterwards. Shouldn't surprise anybody given the physical makeup of Keels. Jake LaRavia, Wake fans are waiting to hear what's going to happen with him. What's been a more compelling offseason storyline for you to follow? The way that North Carolina's brought everybody back, summoning memories of 2008, or what John Shire has done early on in the recruiting process and the staff that he's put together that is a slight deviation from the approach that Kay took? I mean, it's a slight deviation, but, you know, I think if Kay had, had decided that the pool of potential assistance was, was shallow, he would have gone outside the program too. I, you know, probably because Shire got off to such a good start in recruiting as the coach in waiting, there's very little about what's happened at Duke that's surprised me since. Uh, it was pretty clear from the moment Kay retired that they were not going to miss a beat there, at least not right away. So I guess I'd have to say the fact that so many of North Carolina players are coming back for another ticket to can, which it will have its own pressures and pitfalls. And, and it's, it's, it's not as simple as just starting over as the second best team in the country. That's a, a, a rank and a title that's going to have to be earned all over again. But it is a, you know, one of what I would say, if you go back a year or two years or four years or six years when I was talking about how NIL could make college sports better, and there's all kinds of people who insist it was going to make college sports worse, it creates the opportunity for someone like Armando Baycott to come back to college and at least not take a financial hit doing so. I mean, his, his pro game is not polished, but there's also a point where you wonder, how much more am I going to get out of another year of college? Now in this NIL era, he can do very well for himself. It's the example I've used long before UNC got good was Trevor Lacey at NC State after the 2015 season. He had another year of eligibility left. He did not have NBA prospects. He was a nice college player who could score a lot at the ACC level, but was not an NBA prospect. And he turned pro because he transferred and he was old and he was tired of college and didn't want to go to class and wanted to go make some money. Uh, now a guy like that can can clean up because he would make a college team very good. And, and I think that's what we've seen with Leaky Black and Armando Baycott. They have a reason to come back to school now. I think that's terrific. Yeah, and that, an ACC coach actually told me this week, uh, NIL should be about retention of players in your program, a reward for guys who are sticking around for multiple years in school, not necessarily about recruiting the way that we heard you may have heard that there was a, a spat this week that people were talking about between uh, one Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, but the SEC says that's bad. Reprimand both of them. I, I, I want to throw this your way on the way out. Paul McCartney coming to Winston-Salem tomorrow night. I think I'm going to figure out a way to get the truest via Wakes Football Stadium. Where are you at on the Beatles and the idea of seeing one of these star performers that were once a part of a band but by themselves as a solo act? I mean, Paul McCartney's a show. Doesn't matter whether he was once a Beatle or not. I mean, yeah. I'll go see, I'll go see the living half of Steely Dan. I might go see Hall without Oats. Uh, you know, if you appreciate these 
these performers and whatever that the Paul McCartney hasn't been a Beatle for 50 years. <laughs> I think he stands just fine on his own. Yeah, I'm excited for it tomorrow. Hope to see you later on tonight, Luke. Really do appreciate the time. Yes, take care, Josh. There's really good ACC news that we'll get to to kick off weekly positivity. Why not? Based on reports from USA Today Sports, we'll get to Eastern Conference Finals Game 2 last night between the Celtics and Heat in just a bit. If you just want to tell us something good that happened to you this week or something exciting you have coming up this weekend, that's what weekly positivity is for. It makes us feel good. Or I should say, makes us feel good. There you go. Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. It's time for weekly positivity. Oh, yeah, Charlie. Here comes the deuce. And when you speak of me, speak well. Hi, Will. Hey, Josh. There are a lot of things pretty good that are going on right now. Yeah. This story that I was referencing, though, according to Steve Berkowitz, who for years has been really good, good, uncovering salaries and financial stories regarding college sports. He put up a story today that says the ACC joins the SEC as the only Power Five conference to have revenue increases amid the pandemic-impacted 2021 fiscal year. This is according to facts or federal tax records that the conferences had to file at the end of last year, or I guess before April of this year. How can that be? How can the ACC have financial increases as the Big 12 and the Big 10 do not? That doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Except when you consider that the 2001 revenues that they benefited from were a result of the 2020 football season. And what happened in the 2020 football season that might have created more revenue? Notre Dame playing in the conference. Which means... The NBC partnership and games that the ACC put on that ESPN paid for jumped those numbers up quite a bit. Wow. If you're Notre Dame, which got a 10 or $11 million increase in paid out revenue than what they normally receive because of the ACC partnership, maybe you start thinking, huh, this, this conference thing isn't so bad. Maybe since all our other sports are in the ACC and the grant of rights you signed five years ago only allows you to join the ACC 
how about we just go ahead and do that? So that way we make more money, and it's a lot easier for us to compete on the national stage. That would all be good. 336-777-1600 if you want in. Joey in Thomasville, tell me something good. Hello, Josh. Hey, Joey. I just want to say, as a lifetime baseball fan, I love the sport more than any other. For the first time in my life, I will be throwing out the first pitch wow. tomorrow with the High Point Rockers. Oh my and goodness. I'm excited. That's good. Are you going to try and just float it on in there? Or are you going to oh, put some heat on it? No. Or are you going to try and throw something off speed? I'm going to throw it with some pace behind it, and it may be wild. It may be a strike. We'll have to wait and see. Come out tomorrow to see me throw out our first pitch. Watch Joey and Thomasville throw out the first pitch in high point. If I wasn't going to a retirement party and watching Paul McCartney, I'd probably be out there. But that does sound really good. Good luck, Joey. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Here's the best advice I have for him, though, Will. As somebody who's thrown a couple of first pitches out, three or four, you you, you don't want to chance it. I know he's saying if it's wild, doesn't matter. It does matter. The only way you embarrass yourself is if it's wild. So I get wanting to throw some pace, but if you get it across... That's what people really care about more than how quickly it gets there. And that's always good. If you get it there, that's good. I've got another thing that I think's pretty good. So that retirement party I was telling you about? Yeah. It's for our friend Mick Mixon, who really? retired as the voice of the Panthers this offseason. He lives on a farm in Burlington. So I'm going to go out there tomorrow. I'm, I think I'm going to go see Paul McCartney. I wonder what the parking situation is going to be like in Winston. How much that's probably going to cost. And then, Canes tonight. I'm going to head out to PNC Arena right after we get off the air. I think I should be able to make it before an 8 o'clock puck drop. It's an hour and 20 minutes from our Kernersville studio. Sounds like your weekend's going to be pretty good. I agree with that. What's going on with you? Tell me something good, Will. Well, I'm going to go out tomorrow night. Wow. I've got a I've got a date tomorrow night. Costco. No, Mexican food. Oh, in Winston or Greensboro? In Greensboro, downtown Greensboro. Why Mexican food? Well, from what I understand, the girl likes Mexican food. And so... Oh, you asked her what type of food she likes? No, it was totally on her Hinge profile, so... Oh, see, Hinge is good. Yeah. That's where I met Sarah Bradford. I met her off Hinge. Yeah? Yeah. That's pretty good. It's good. Hinge is a lot better than the dating apps that I think have become kind of taboo. Yeah. Talking about Tinder or even Bumble to a degree. Yeah. There's Bumble's some folks the listening to us true. talking about it and thinking they have no idea what we're talking about. But those who know... Hinge. Highly yeah. recommend. Highly recommend. What What does your Hinge profile look like, Will? Well, there's photos. 
well, I know there's... What are the descriptions and stuff? And what type of photos did you choose? Well, I believe I chose a photo of me shirtless on a tennis court. Oh, no, Will. I believe I also chose a photo of me in a Spider-Man suit holding a cup of coffee. I like that. <laughs> that that one gets the most likes. People a, like that. That's a good one. Take the one with you shirtless out of there. Yeah, that's an, that's an old one. That's not hey, good. To take that it shows off. off the goods. No, no, but that's not what you want. That's you. Women are not attracted as much to physical traits. They're attracted as much to emotional uh, personality traits. So, and if you have both, that's good too. Oh, I know. But what I'm saying is, when you're shirtless, they the the negatives outweigh the positives of the physical by ah. what it says about somebody. When they decide to put a shirtless photo of themselves on their profile. That's just a pro tip. I always learn something new from you, Josh. Thank you. I hope, I hope you good. take it to heart. Oh, it's, it's what else? You're looking at your profile right now. I want to know more. Because this is good radio. Oh, the bed ran out. My music we need to We're hear it again. We're a lot of good times around here. We, we are. <laughs> we, we don't have to talk like that until the... Okay. There. Now we got to talk like that. What else is on this profile? Let's take a look here. What prompts did you choose for women to see into your personality, into your soul? A shower thought I had recently. And I put, you don't even want to know, with the devil emoji. Yeah. I didn't put a ton of effort into my hinge, by the way. You, you probably should put more effort. Not like I put into this show day in and day out. But okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? So you have two pictures? How many pictures? Actually, I have six. That's a good number. That's a good I have number. The first two we've already discussed. I have a picture of me at the beach. Are you shirtless? No, not in that one. Okay, good. Just a nice, good t-shirt That's and good. swimming dress. That's I good. A, I have a picture of a dog. Because girls love dogs. Yeah, I think that's a good sign, yeah, if you have a dog. That's a good one. I sign off on that. Yeah. And a picture of me in the gym holding weights. Oh, no. But, but you also, but you also, Will, have, you also, you don't want to be the guy I, that's posting pictures of yourself with weights. Was I, it a selfie? None of these are selfies. Was it a mirror pic? Nope. They're all action photos. Who took the action photo with you in the gym with weights? The chair that I set the camera up on. That's a terrible will. With time. Nope, I've gotten a lot of likes. I know. <laughs> will, I'm telling you, you don't want those likes. You don't want those likes. I don't know. You need to take out that. That's really bad. That's not good. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, listen to your brother. Okay. This is, this is from a place of care. I, Women, you need to vouch for me on this. You don't want the, the, the gym pics. You just, you want to. They want to know if you're a good person, not if you're ripped, because they also can see if you're ripped in photos that do not have you at the gym. This is true. And do not have you shirtless. This is true. That's what I'm saying. Here's the key to a good photo on Tinder or Hinge or all of these platforms. You don't want it to be staged. Or you don't want it to look staged. It needs to look like you don't even know the camera's there. I buy that. And I, but, I pull that off. But I'm saying... <laughs> The fact that you're in a gym holding weights well, I has... Out. I think the women will laugh at you. Uh, hey, you can laugh at you. You're just wondering why 
he got someone to take that photo or put it propped up on something to take it. Okay. Those two I would take out. Is, is there one left that you have with us? Is there no. another photo or that's it? That's it. So just take those two out mm. and have one where you're in the studio or somewhere on the radio. I, I think that could be arranged. That's it. Because that is good. And that's been Weekly Positivity. You really should be taking notes here. Uh, trying to help. Because the other stuff, because you are, you're a handsome guy. You should get a ton of dates. And I don't want any of that to hold you back. And I appreciate that. That's I, it. I, I take these notes seriously. Because too. fellas never talk about what's on the profiles. You know, There's some bad profiles out that's there. That's it. And I and I, I don't want yours to be bad. It's I not. want it to be improved. It's kind of like looking at someone's cover letter. Hey, yeah. you don't need that sentence. Or what? what's the point of this? Maybe, maybe don't have the shirtless pick on the tennis court. Yeah. Let's not do that. We have developed a great program for you. Unbalanced and a little out of control. <laughs> You're on the drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. I've never had a chance personally to play the triad's new favorite game, horse or rock band. Because I'm always the one pulling the horses and or rock bands. And I've done a really good job of fooling people. It's something I'm good at. And we've played this game every single year we've had this show. It's been a hit. But I've never known how good I am at it. Am I going to be able to have the success that Robert Walsh often had when he played the game. Will Dalton struggled with it the last time that we played this, and even Eric McLean fell victim to it. So fire up the genuine. How many names did you pull for this game? We pulled seven names. So will be a best out of seven series here for you. Any reason why the genuine sounds funny? Uh, it does sound kind of funny, doesn't it? Yeah. Do we want, do we want to cut that? Probably. Yeah. We could just edit this all out and post anyway. Oh, that sounds good. No, it doesn't yeah, sound good. Yeah, we need to cut that. All right. Well, just edit this all out and post. That's it's not right. like it's live no. or anything. It's 432 or Live anything. action! So we'll do that. And while you're doing that, I'm going to... Well, we could just play the game, or we could find another version of it, whatever you want to do live. Yeah, let's see if we can find a better version of that. Okay. Paul McCartney performing in Winston-Salem tomorrow. I am excited for this, even though I don't have a ticket yet. So I'm going to use my platform here to say, or just to ask the question, is it okay to go to a concert by yourself? I... I'm a strange person. To some, what I'm about to describe is strange. I like going to movies by myself. I like going to dinner by myself. I like eating lunch by myself. By the way, I'm, I'm a fine. fan too. I'm fine with eating with others. In fact, I probably prefer it. Mm -hmm. But I don't have an objection to being by myself. I don't. So I feel like even though I haven't been able to find anyone to go to Paul McCartney with me, and 
kind of upset about it, that I'm not going to miss out on the opportunity to see Paul McCartney because nobody else is going to go with me because they got things going on on their Saturday night. So I'm going to go tomorrow. I still got to figure out a way. I'm going to find a ticket or something. If you got a free ticket, I don't mind shamelessly using the platform here to say, if you got an extra ticket, I'll take it from you. And you get to watch uh, the Paul McCartney show with your favorite sports talk radio host. I don't care about that. Even though, what's plugola, payola? I don't know. These are radio things that they teach you back uh, when you were in college, but you never really think about again. Mm -hmm. But I am excited for the show Another thing I was wondering, kind of on the note of tickets and how to acquire them and whatever, I, I see these prices are absurd when it comes to the fees you get hit with. Like if you go on Ticketmaster or StubHub, you get drilled with these fees. So if a ticket's like 40 bucks, you end up paying 65 because $25 in fees pop up. I don't know who those fees are for or what those fees are about, but I know I don't like them. And one way you could cut through the fees is by scalping, right? We've all had the experience where you're outside the stadium and you, you, you try to haggle and get a ticket from somebody. Like We've had this experience before, but I have not had that experience post-pandemic. I don't know if there are actual handheld tickets available for the Paul McCartney show tomorrow. If it's all done virtually, well then... Do, do scalpers now have scanners where you can't use the excuse that you only have 60 bucks on you? Oh, I can't go 80. I, only, I, I got 60 in my pocket. Well, actually, I have a scanner. Do you have a credit card? Damn it. Now, and if that's the case, are they printing out tickets that they have like the way you would in your email? Because that seems easy to, to make counterfeit copies for. And we're not about that either. And I don't know if I trust that. So what is scalping? Because what is scalping like post-pandemic? Because honestly, I don't know. Do people still scalp? 336-777-1600. That's how I used to get into the ACC tournament growing up in Greensboro. Oh, sure. You just buy tickets but, off somebody. But if you don't have physical tickets that mm. are distributed, well, how do people scalp? Uh, I'll transfer it into your phone. Okay. <laughs> We'll do that. Sounds awesome. Let's play Horse or Rock Band now. That sounds better. Yeah, now we're talking. All right. Let's get this thing going with the first name here. Preakness Stakes. Tomorrow, my, the city I was born in in Baltimore. Never been to the Preakness before. First name, Preakness Stakes Horse. Or obscure rock band. Keep me in mind. Mm. Now to the stage. Keep me in mind. Sounds like it could be like a Christian rock group. Good. You know what you need to keep in mind? That Jesus died for your sins. That. Amen, brother. Keep that in mind. I'm going to say that's a horse. One for one. There we go. There we go. Keep me in mind. How about you keep the scoreboard in mind? Yeah. One zip. Josh Graham. What's next? Soup and sandwich. Let's do it. 
Ravioli. Soup and sandwich. I'm going to go band. That is a horse. Oh! Soup and sandwich down the home stretch. Soup and sandwich has won the Preakness Snakes. Soup and sandwich. That sounds pretty good, actually. It's great right now. Mm-hmm. All right. We're one for two. Early voting. Oh, boy. Did you vote this week? I did not. Okay. I don't feel as bad anymore. I just didn't know until yeah. I reached out. I should have known because I reached out to Nancy Vaughn's folks uh-huh. trying to get some clarity on ACC stuff. And they're like, do you read the newspaper? It's kind of a busy week for her yeah. and all politicians. It's, you know, an election week. Yeah, oh, just a little. okay. We'll just talk to her next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Um... Say it. Early voting. Early voting. Banned. Whoa! That. A horse. Is a horse. Wow. Okay. Okay, I'll take that. I'll wear that. I see how tough this game is now. I did my on homework. the other side of it. I respect that. Yeah. All right. Round four. You are now... One for three. That's right. Gnarls Barkley. Are you just reading these off of, like, did you specifically put these in order, or are you just looking at one column, horse column, other column, oh, I put this, these and in I'm order. just randomly putting them together? Good. I'm glad you answered it that way, because I defy you to put four consecutive horses in this list. It's a band. And also, I know Gnarls Barkley... That is uh, CeeLo Green is the lead singer. Gnarl Sparkly has the song, You Think I'm Crazy. You know that song? The song yeah, is a banger. I, I remember when. Got I it. remember. I remember. I remember the one CeeLo Green song, Bleep You. Oh, yeah. Way no. back in the day. That's like an That's eighth grade called, banger. No, no. Well, not for you. No, no, no. Like. You want to talk about a high school banger? It's yeah. what we just talked about here. He had another one that was also really good. Crazy was good. But, shoot. What was the other Gnarl Sparkly song that he had before he just fully went the other direction? Oh, this is going to bother me. You just throw the last one at me here. Got two right, two wrong. This is for the win. This is for the win. Secret Oath. I had a number I was deciding to choose from there. We're going with Secret Oath. Secret Oath. Yep. This is the toughest one yet because I can see it being both Secret Oath. I'm going banned. No! 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 Man. Secret oath? That horse is a horse. Darn it. It's tough, isn't it? It is a really hard yeah. game, but a fun game nonetheless. 
And that's been Horse or Rock Band. I think I'm going to pull them from now on. I don't like losing. Funny how that works out. Mm-hmm. Here to talk golf and college football. And in addition to that, his beloved Charlotte Hornets is Chip Patterson from CBS Sports and the Cover 3 podcast. Really is a lot going on right now. But let's start with the college football news of the week. What lesson do you think should be taken from this Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban spat, Chip? Like the most important lesson or the one that's most fun to talk about? Because those are the different conversations, right? I, what I hate is everybody takes the 15-second clip and doesn't listen to the other six and a half minutes, which actually was about as substantive. You're going to hear a coach break down the issue, but you can take it whatever way you want. I think that um, I am. We had throughout college athletics over the course of the last couple of decades a, a real um, calming in terms of what we got from our coaches in college football, and I would add college basketball to this. You know, the idea that you are the CEO, the idea that you are running this operation. You know, every every good business school will tell you that you know your CEO doesn't. You know, it keeps things in line, right? Everything is stable. Everything is calm. Every, you, know, we, you were supposed to be uh, some sort of voice of reason. It wasn't always like that in college sports. And I, I, I think that there is some weird, uh, not weird, but at least, you know, sensationalist part of me that's like, ooh, this is, this is very interesting. Because it's not just an inflammatory war of, well, war of war, words, but also uh, a real peek behind the curtain of, Nick Saban and his former assistants. Because what did we have uh, for a long time? Nick Saban owned his former assistants. He had that long undefeated record of against his former assistants. And, you know, now we have seen that fall. Jimbo Fisher obviously did it in College Station this past season. And in the same season, Kirby Smart in the national championship game was able to finally get his victory. But the difference between Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher is that Kirby Smart has for the most part, sort of been part of Team Saban and all this. And Jimbo Fisher, as he even mentioned in his own press conference, you know, said he didn't want to go back and work for that guy. And I think that we have seen um, you know, Nick Saban came back and he did the apology on SiriusXM a little while later. Uh, Jimbo Fisher says, I love confrontation. I'm not taking this call. I'm not backing away from anything. But, you know, this idea that the uh, the gentleman's agreement of we're not calling each other out something that had really been established for a long time. Uh, the fact that that's starting to fall a little bit uh, shows me that we really do have uh, an uncertain future in terms of who holds the power uh, politically, or at least who holds the, the power in terms of the big talking stick uh, in the SEC. So, like, that stuff is kind of interesting to me. Now, I hear your point about not playing the entire clip because uh, that argument is that you need to go and you need to realize what they're calling for. They are calling for a standardization of name, image, and likeness guidelines. They are calling for the federal government to come and step in and give them a hand. And both of them use the word antitrust while also saying that they don't know what antitrust means. But <laughs> I, I, I think that what's the most interesting to me is that Texas, uh, after Texas A&M beat Alabama and Jimbo Fisher became the first Nick Saban assistant to take him down, now we have these two former coaches going at odds, and they are going to be able to sell it on the field on October 8th. Chip Patterson with us here, CBS Sports Cover 3 podcast as well. 
Then you had the Deion Sanders response where apparently he didn't take Nick's call either, says that if you're going to say those things in public, well, then we need to have a public conversation. I don't know. Is Jim Laranaga going to respond? When's Jim Laranaga going to have an unhinged press conference after the passing comment about the Miami reports? I don't know. Let's get to golf, though. Rory McIlroy, he had the low score in round one. Justin Thomas, the story in day two, shooting three under par when very few are going low today. Southern Hills in Tulsa. What would be the in a week where all the storylines have been negative surrounding who's not there and Phil Mickelson, what would be the best case scenario for golf in terms of a storyline going into the final round Sunday? Oh, I mean, Rory staying in this and uh, winning another major championship would be uh, one of the, one of the best things for us to be able to do, especially because it's, it's interesting that while I can, you and I can have a conversation about how golf is in such a great spot with all of these incredible stars, some of them very young, some of them a little less young, but certainly you know, still not uh, of the newer generation. And I'm thinking of like, you know, Jordan, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are getting older, right? They've been around for a minute. Um, they, they aren't that, you know, 23, 24-year-old. They've got a whole generation behind them. But all that to be said, going into this championship, uh, the conversation was about two – uh, legends of the game that are you know well outside of their prime it's the disconnect between being able to celebrate the this huge group of elite golf talent while also recognizing that we were only talking about Phil Mickelson whether he was going to play or not and then of course you know the aftermath of him deciding to withdraw as the reigning champion but then also Tiger Woods and what would Tiger do and how's Tiger looking and let's look at his uh, driving range and let's, oh my gosh, let's get excited with how he starts his first round. You know, that, that shows that they're still taking up a lot of oxygen. So I will argue that Rory McElroy, um, breaking his major drought would very, very quickly, uh, throw him right back to the top of, uh, to the top of the mountain, right back into a position where, uh, we are going into every single major championship talking about what he might be able to do. And that, for somebody who has uh, you know, admitted that he's dealt with a little bit of um, you know, his relationship to the game has been something that has been growing and evolving over the last couple, if not several years, for him to break that major drought, I think would go a long way in, in creating like a bridge or a gap between the really, really young stars who really might still be uh, a few years away from their prime and, of course, the aging legends who still take up so much oxygen. I think that Roy McIlroy can be a great bridge between those generations. Since you're a huge Hornets fan, Chip Patterson, want to go through a speed round here of different topics just to get your general temperature on a few things related to the team. Who should be their next head coach? Oh, I, I am just prepared to be disappointed, right? What would I mean, disappoint you? I don't, I don't have a good beat on who are the good NBA uh, head coaching candidates right now. Um, I think that it has been it, – it, I'm, I'm a scorned lover. How about that? Because <laughs> I, I really like, – I was never out on Borrego, but I, I was really in on Steve Clifford. That was the last like, – I, I, I really liked sort of the way he went about business. I understood the you know, organizational decision to move on. Um, after you know you had hit a certain point there, but I, I think that um, I have taken my Hornets fandom to a place where uh, I'm, I'm not going to give my heart away. I, I've been I've had my heart broken too many times, and I'm instead really fascinated 
by what you know the how the um, very very impressive, very very likable collection of young talent, uh, how that continues to develop, and whatever coach is going to be able to foster that and create something that is worth investing in, like worth giving contract extensions, worth uh, keeping a group together. You know that that's something that I that, that would excite me because I have enjoyed. You know, even if there's not these um, these runs into the 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 formal you know NBA playoffs, as long, even though there's you know only been a couple play-in game appearances, I have enjoyed watching that uh, young group play together and play really well this year during the regular season for stretches. So I I think that I'm in. You can sell me honestly on whatever head coach is going to step up, as long as it's going to be. A, something that might be able to keep this group together. Next item on the speed round with Chip Patterson. Are you done with Gordon Hayward? Should they cut ties? Yes. Um, I I think that Gordon Hayward is an excellent player, but you just heard everything that I said about young core group (laughs) players that you're going to give extensions to and uh, not the, uh, not the huge contract free agent that, you know, already deep into his NBA career before he arrived and has not um, had much success staying on the court. So in general, thematically, yes, I'm leaning towards the younger ones, and and I'm ready to cut ties with Gordon Hayward. And that might be related to the last thing here. Should Charlotte be picking at both 13 and 15 or using those picks for something else? Probably using – I think using those picks for something else just because I don't know where the – I don't know where the the playing I don't know where the playing time or the opportunity is, and if for the players at thirteen and fifteen, how long is it going to be before you're really going to get them uh, to be able to come in there? If you can get a really great, if you can use those picks to be able to bring in the right veteran at a good cost, then I, I think that you might be uh, doing a, a going a long way in making sure that you can round out this roster. And you might need one of those picks. You might need to attach one of those picks to Gordon Hayward to have someone pick up his salary, but we'll just see. be able to take him. Yeah, yeah. So that might be something to keep an eye on. Chip Patterson, congratulations on kid number two. Want to make sure I throw that in there. And also, hey, news with the Hornets going on. Golf. It's a busy time for Chip Patterson, but hopefully a good time as well. We appreciate the time. Hey, and uh, congratulations in advance on your upcoming much- nuptials. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, just don't, you know, just say the right things and don't screw it up. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs>